Robinson, who's in the slot. Look in that direction on a slam. Huge hit. Ball picked off. The Volunteers of the Carroll make an interception. Jawan Mitchell. They call him Juju. The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot, but he's hit by Nelson. And Nebraska has picked up the football. Their first takeaway of the game. Wells, way down the field. It is into coverage. It is intercepted. It is over. Lamarian James has sealed the victory for Old Dominion. Welcome back to WIDP Ground. I'm Hollywood, and I'm joined by Choppin' and Justice. What's going on, guys? You, you go first, Justice. I, I'm I'm hearing like everything twice. I'm not. You, yeah, I just heard you just say somebody go first again because I don't. Yeah, I. That's a. Uh, Justice froze, right? I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he froze there for like a minute. He's stuck in the he, he's stuck in the matrix. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, this is. Let's <laughs> all stuff move. What is going on? Oh, this is great. Well, I'm sure he'll try to jump back on here in a minute. Minute. Uh, so <laughs> this is great. It's not my fault this time. <laughs> well, it probably is. Well, it probably is, but yeah. Yeah, somewhere it probably is. I'm sure he'll try to rejoin us here in a minute. And there he is again. He's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. No, all good. All good. I, I was hearing everything double, and it was like a delay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how we were talking. Maybe, yeah. You were wow. like in the Matrix, like you were glitching. You got to uh, <laughs> tell Hollywood everything at least twice. <laughs> right. You got to tell Hollywood everything at least twice. Funny. Don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> See? Oh, my gosh. See? There goes the matrix. It's, it's enforcing itself. Choppy's got a phone call. <laughs> Anyway, um, you got your stuff fixed out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hearing double anymore. Okay, good, 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 good. Good. Um, so, episode 62, we're starting to cruise right along now. Um, we'll dig right into the news and notes here. Uh, the SEC divided $721.8 million between the 14 schools. <clears throat> excuse me for the past physical year of 49.9 basically 50 million per team <clears throat> um <clears throat> excuse me which is kind of funny because the next one we mentioned on the last podcast that texas and oklahoma were headed to the sec one year early which is in 2024 and that came to fruition 
when the Sooners and Longhorns agreed to forego their portions of the Big 12 media contracts, which is $50 million each. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So did they have to pay a penalty too? Or they just... similar, but... For some reason, I thought they I thought they had to pay $100 million, but maybe it was $100 million <laughs> total and not $100 million each. I don't know the way I, – fa- I forget where I found this at, but it said, you know, they gave up their – their portions for the next two seasons for the media rights in the Big Twelve. Okay, well there, there you go. Right, so that, that would be the hundred million. If it's fifty million a season, then that's the hundred million. So yeah, so they'll be here. Um, and the SEC, those numbers just clear the cash kings of college football, right? I mean, that's just that's insane amount of money for college football, but. And I expect when Texas and Oklahoma gets here, that's that's going to shoot through the roof. So, yep. Um, coaching extensions and changes. <clears throat> Mike Norvell got three years. Chip Kelly got two years extensions. Uh, Kevin Sumlin was uh, named the co-offensive coordinator there for Maryland, <clears throat> and Mike George's new offensive coordinator. Any thoughts on those? Well, Bobo, wasn't he the offensive coordinator at Georgia, like, before? Like, a couple years, many years ago, maybe, but... Yeah, a few years, and then he went to Colorado or something like that? Um, he was at Colorado State for a few years, right? Maybe that's what it was in. <coughs> yeah. And then, he was... then, and then he came back to maybe, like, South Carolina, or... Uh, I don't remember that. Um... Must champ. Yeah, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, he went to South Carolina, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then we've had the um, the Under Armour Orlando camp, which was a couple weeks ago. Some of the top performers were Tycleen Lumen, Edge, Xavier Mincy, a safety, Kai Bates, a corner, uh Sean Savlano, Jay McCray, a defensive lineman. So those are some high schoolers that are uh, starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack with good showings. Are they so they're they'll be seniors next fall? Should be seniors next fall, yes. I wonder how much they put into these camps. I mean, far as coaches and, and staff like that. Do they I wonder if they put a lot of weight on these? On these camps? No, well, maybe because or, they affect your recruiting ranking and rating and stuff like that, you know, which I'm sure leads uh, some people probably in recruiting departments to look closer to prospects, so it could, plus word of mouth gets around. I don't know if, like, can coaches send representatives to those or not? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, all the colleges yeah. have their own camps, right? So. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a way for them to get more exposure to more kids. Yeah. Like ODU, I think has three already planned for the summer. That pretty much does it for the news and notes. Oh, really? Yeah. They they did them. They've they've done them for a while. They did them um, even before Ricky Ronnie was here. They used to do them in conjunction with Penn State. Okay. Well, that pretty much does it for the news and notes. <clears throat> oh, 
So for the five-star topic, um, we wanted to touch on the transfer portal of linemen and um, defensive backs. Um, I saw this today when I was uh, poking around looking for some new stuff. On3 Recruiting reported that there's 1,956 players entered the portal. Um, 1,111 is committed, which is 57%. And then 52 withdrew their name and went back to school, which is 2.66%. So 60%, if you add those last two together, 60% of the players that's in the portal has found a place to play or went back to where they come from. I would like to know of that 1956, I'm sure that's, I'd like to know what that percentage is of college football, but I'm sure it's a small number in the grand scheme, but. And most of them drop down, right? I mean, based on the yeah. numbers, I remember we looked at this last year, most of them, they're all dropping down a level for in general. And isn't there, uh, isn't there a window fixing to open pretty soon? In May, May, yeah. Unless you're a graduate, if you're graduate, if you graduated school, you can enter the portal whenever you want. But okay, just thought that was interesting. Um, so a little over fifty percent, right? Sixty percent of the players, you've still got forty percent out there, which is a pretty good number that's not found a new home. So it tells me, you know. If you if you're going to enter the portal, you probably need to just jump on the gun and trying to move on, right? Yeah, and and when I um like doing the research for our topic, like for this week and next week, I don't really remember seeing a lot of what I would consider like big names that haven't already committed. Right. Like I didn't. I don't remember seeing a name and thinking, "Huh, wonder where he's going to end up." I just don't remember seeing any any names like that. Fixed stars stood out. I mean, it was as we were doing it, like I told you up when I was doing this list. I had to dig for some of these names, and even then, it was kind of, eh, I don't know how really relevant they're going to be, but um, we'll see. I mean, it may turn out to be something big. I mean, you never know. Sometimes a change of scenery is all it takes. Um, so we'll get started here uh, with the portal. So I've got defensive or defensive line of cornerback, sorry, for the SEC and the ACC. Um, like I said, the defensive lineman was really a little harder to find noteworthy players than the defensive backs was. Um, the one defensive tackle that stood out was Justin Rogers. He made a switch from Auburn to Kentucky, four-star uh, Seventh-ranked defensive tackle, 52-player overall. Big O'Hume, 32. I know Kentucky lost some off of their defensive line, so there's a chance that he can step in and play for them right away and, and maybe make an impact for them. <coughs> um, well, they lost. Uh, was Wooden a defensive end or a defensive tackle? Excuse me, what was the question? Colby Wooden. Um, Hall, Hall was a defensive end. But I don't remember what Wooden was. 
Um, he was more like an outside linebacker, defensive end. He was an edge. Kind of misplaced edge, I think. But um, Really, that was the only major defensive lineman I could find. I mean, it was – like I said, it was really thin. Now, you go back to the ACC with – I mean, the uh, you go back to defensive backs, you had Fentrell Cypress. Um, who switched from Florida State from Virginia, uh, three-star, uh, four years at Virginia, 18 games, 15 starts, 57 tackles, 40 solos, 15 pass breakups. He le- he was um, recorded 14 last year, which ranked second in the ACC and 18th overall in the nation. And uh, he was tied for seventh in the NCAA with 1.4 a game. So really active uh, corner. Uh, that's a good get for uh, Florida State. Um, he he kind of broke out last year because I think he's when we did the breakouts, <laughs> he's one of the guys I mentioned from the ACC. Yeah. Yep, yep. If we go, I bet if we went back and double cross referenced your list or our list, I bet a lot of these names would probably be on there, maybe. Um, Deuce Chestnut transferred from Syracuse to LSU, and so did Denver Harris. He transferred from Texas A&M to LSU. So LSU really doubled down in the portal on defensive backs. Um, Chess is a five-star, which uh, was kind of interesting. But back to Chestnut, two years at Syracuse, 24 games, 83 tackles, 59 solos, uh, three TFLs, four interceptions, and 13 PBUs. Um he allowed four touchdowns on just 358 pass coverage snaps in 22. Uh, so a good little pickup for LSU there. <clears throat> and then Denver Harris, the five-star. Um, number four corner, 23rd over. 2020, I played in five games last year as a true freshman for AM, 14 tackles, 10 solos, three PBUs. And then he was suspended indefinitely for a violation of team rules. Um, I'm guessing that had some part of the reason for him leaving. Um, and I also kind of think we've talked about it over and over and over, right? Texas A&M with these heavy recruiting classes the last few years, maybe the depth, you know, he's looking for, you know, he wants another one more playing time. So I just wonder how much of this from Texas A&M we're going to see it continue players transferring out. Um, but that's a huge get for LSU. LSU kind of – they did the same thing with defensive backs last year, right? They got um, the kid from Ohio State. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that transferred in and graduated. But Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? I know exactly who you're thinking of, and I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. And then um, – Speaking of Texas A&M, right, they get a transfer in from North Carolina, uh, Tony Grimes, who a five-star, number one in the state, 28th overall player in the class of 220. He played three years for the Tar Heels, 37 games, 97 tackles, 73 solos, three-and-a-half TFLs a sack, pick, and 20 PBUs and forced fumble. So seven banks. I think with them losing, which is a, a, a really good young talent. Seven thanks. Yes, that's who it was. 
Um, so with them losing Harris, to be able to get a more veteran-type player in Tony Grimes, I think that definitely helped them. And then my last defensive back is LaRondo Johnson, uh, transferred from Baylor to Arkansas, four-star, uh, played two years at Baylor, 19 games, uh, 20 tackles, 14 TFLs, or 14 solos, two TFLs. That was five PBUs and a forced phone. As a sophomore, he only allowed 3.34 yards per coverage snap, and that was the lowest in the nation among cornerbacks. So, um, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of defensive tackle or noteworthy defensive linemen and worth looking at, but it seems like the defensive backs for sure in the ACC and SEC, there was a lot of movement there. And I could have actually went on for days about these because they, they was a lot of defensive back movement, but those were the, the more uh, noteworthy ones. It'd be interesting to see, I guess, what Carolina is going to do because they lost both their starters, right? And uh, Grimes and, um, oh, the kid that went to Penn State. You have Storm Duck. Yep. Yep. Both of so their starting corners left, so. They're going to have to reload, and then they lose a lineman to Kentucky too. Um, I don't think he ain't done anything. Is it Silver Keyshawn Silver? Yes. Yeah, I know he's highly recruited, but he never did anything at Carolina. I know. Um, yep. Yeah, he's a he was a five star, so yeah, he moved on. I know there was some maybe. Maybe Brock probably remembers better than me, but wasn't there some talk last offseason that Lorondo Lorondo Johnson was the was the uh, replacement for Pitre? That never really came to fruition. But yeah, I think he was like one that they thought would have a shot at it, and so you know, like you said, it didn't come to a fruition. All right, uh, so I had the uh, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, um, actually kind of opposite of uh, Hollywood's problem. I had more edges and defensive linemen than corners that I thought, you know, from an impact perspective. So the first is uh, edge Jordan Birch. Uh, he transferred from South Carolina to Oregon. He was a five star, number two defensive tackle, number eight overall in the class of twenty twenty. He uh, played for three years at South Carolina, 31 games, 105 total tackles, with a high of 60 in, in 2022, four and a half sacks, high of three and a half in 22, 12 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half in 22, and two fumble recoveries. Um, I think he's someone that's never really let up, never really lived up to his expectations or his ranking, right? Um, I mean, he had a decent decent year last year but um nothing that i would say is spectacular uh maybe he can you know go to uh go to oregon and dan lanning can coach him up and get to get you know more production out of him the uh the next was edge jordan jordan dominic uh, he's from arkansas he's transferring to colorado he was um this is actually the third time he's transferred or second time, I guess, his third school. Uh, he's a two-star, number 72 defensive end in the class of 2018. He played. He was at Georgia Tech for four years. Um, he was played a year at Arkansas, and now he's transferring to Colorado. He's played in 41 total games 
with 137 total tackles, a high of 38 tackles in 2021, 16 and a half sacks with seven and a half sacks uh, last year at Arkansas, 27 tackles for loss, nine and a half um, last year for Arkansas, four fumble recoveries and seven forced fumbles. Um, he's part of the massive transfer transfer portal class that uh, Dion has brought into Colorado in his first year. So, um, I mean, the Pac-12 is not known for their defense, and uh, Colorado has not been particularly strong. So he's certainly someone that should be able to help him, help them. Uh, next is defensive lineman Rondell Bothroyd. He's from Wake Forest. Um, he's someone that we've talked about several times on the show. He uh, He's going to Oklahoma. He's a three-star, number 66 defensive end, class of 2018. He played five years at Wake Forest, played in 42 games, 136 total tackles, uh, 63 of those in 21, 15 and a half sacks, seven of those in 21. 31 tackles for loss, 16 and a half and 21. Four fumble recoveries and four four, four forced fumbles. Um, he's someone that I think, you know, after his junior year, or I guess it would have been his redshirt or junior year and, like, he got the free COVID year. But So this is a super senior year. But his junior year at Wake Forest, like, he, he had a great year. Last year he didn't quite put up the same numbers as he did last year. Um, I'm not sure. I don't really remember him being hurt. Um, not really sure why, but you know he's definitely someone that should go to Oklahoma. They've they've lost a few guys the last few years on that defensive line, and he, I think he's someone that can actually help them out. This next guy is probably uh, someone that we, uh, you know, until I did the research, I had never heard of. Uh, Jack Sullivan, defensive line from USC or going to USC from Purdue. He's a three-star, number 64, defensive end, class of 18. He's someone that actually had a fairly decent year last year. Uh, he played four years at Purdue, 38 games, 86 total tackles, 38 in 22, nine and a half sacks, five and a half in 2022, 14 tackles for loss, half of those in 2022, and one forced fumble. Um, again, USC needs all the help they can get on defense. And so uh, he's someone that I think um, can certainly help them. They still have uh, Corey Foreman still there. You laughing at Chop? Yes, I am. I can't help it. Um, Corey Foreman's still there. So, but, uh, you know, USC retained their defensive coordinator. So I don't know how much improvement you'll see. But I know they've been active in bringing in some defensive help on the portal. The last defensive lineman is Trace Ford um, from Oklahoma State, going to in-state rival Oklahoma. He was a three-star, number 26 defensive end, class of 2019. He's someone that really broke out, I guess, in the um, the COVID year, maybe, and the year in his freshman year. But he hasn't done anything since then. Um, he played three years at Oklahoma State, 30 games, 59. Total tackles, eight and a half sacks, um, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and three forced fumbles. Um, he's someone that I, th- I know we talked about last year in our conference preview, but he didn't do anything this past year. 
Hopefully a change of scenery can do him some good. And he's, I would assume he's most likely available on waivers just because it's been two years since he's really, really done anything. On to the cornerbacks. Um, this first one is probably the most interesting in, in, in all the list for the for the conferences I cover, and that's Travis Hunter. Uh, he's transferring from Jackson State to Colorado following Deion Sanders. He is a five-star. He was the number one cornerback and number one overall player in the class of 22. He played one year at Jackson State, eight games, uh, 20 tackles, 10 pass breakups, two interceptions, one fumble recovery, and he also plays offense. Um, on offense, he had 18 receptions, 188 yards, and four touchdowns. And I do know that he has played some offense in the spring game. I'm not exactly sure what their plans are for him um, on the offensive side at Colorado. My guess is he's going to continue to play both. Um, I think from an NFL perspective, He's a cornerback and not a receiver as far as that goes. But, you know, um, he's definitely someone to pay attention to in your uh, C2C supplemental drafts because no one has them yet because they couldn't – well, in most leagues, like most leagues don't allow you to draft uh, FCS players. So he's someone that's going to be in your freshman and supplemental drafts. And him playing offense, that's just a bonus, right, because he's going to score score points for you both ways. So. And the last guy I have um, is a cornerback that transferred from Alabama to Oregon. Um, I assume, you know, they, they needed some additional help after uh, with Christian Gonzalez going off to the NFL. He is a four-star Juco corner. He was the number two cornerback in the Juco class of 21. Um, he played two years at Alabama. Didn't really do anything noteworthy there. Um, but, again, maybe Dan Lanning can uh, coach him up. You saw, I think we saw how much um, that staff's influence, how that helped Christian Gonzalez. So maybe he can have a similar impact on Kyrie Jackson. So uh, before we get to chops here, that's Hunter, right? So the last, what, year? Was it last year? So you weren't able to get him in Debbie drafts, right? Because – yeah. can't score Division Two, so he was a non-factor. There was no use in bidding on him or drafting him or anything like that. How big, how big do you think or how hard do you think IDP Debbie managers are going to go after him now that he's in Division One? Some are going to play the name game, and they're going to chase him pretty hard. Yeah, I think that's going to get I, – I, my own opinion that's is that's a position, unless, you're in a, right? unless you're in a cornerback required league – I'm not. I'm not going to spend even oh period. I'm not going to spend the capital needed to get him. He's going to go higher just because of the name value than than he really probably should. I think, and he's a cornerback. I mean, for on the next level, he's. I think in the next level, he's a cornerback. So, um, like I mean, even in position specific leagues where you have to start corners, I just think if that position is right, it's it's really not worth, like you said, putting out what you have to to put into him to get him because that class it's just so deep you can find options everywhere else. Absolutely, I mean he's going to go right. He's going to go high, way higher than I think probably any of us would be willing to take him. So, or he's going to, from an auction perspective, he's going to go for way more money than any of us 
just because, you know, he was the number one overall recruit. And, you know, the, all the hype with Dion and following him. And, yeah. I think, right. I think, I think the guy that spent the, the return on investment's not going to be there, I don't think. But awesome. If Chop's still alive, then it's his turn here. Why would I pass away? <laughs> it's all good. So I had the uh, <laughs> the Big Ten and the group of five, which was a we'll get into that, I guess. So. Um, there was kind of a mixed bag, I think, for the Big Ten of players that were coming in. Corners were the only uh, storm dunk, duck going from uh, Carolina to Penn State. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I believe he's played a little bit there. Uh, Davison Igby Newson uh, from Ole Miss to Ohio – or from Ohio State to Ole Miss. No, I switched it. I had it right the first time. Ole Miss to Ohio State. Um, he played a little bit. Um, as a true freshman there, so um, interesting to see him decide to go there. Um, rest of the corners I added on here had very little, uh, if anything, to know about him. So other than what about the kid, the kid going to Nebraska, Collier? I don't know. I mean, he's never really done. He, he was a four-star yeah. recruit. He's got that going for him, and they're turning over half the team, so he's got that going for him. But I don't know. It's a uh, Corners are worthless. You guys know my feelings on corners. Like, yeah. It would be a <laughs> conversation piece for any kind of league under the current settings. So, um, defensive line, uh, there was a few more. So, we, Tun- why do I like all of these great names? Tunmai's Adelaide, however you say it. Um, one of that great uh, defensive line recruiting class that AM had, right? Or the year before it, I guess, was a four star. He hasn't really played a lot, but he's going to Michigan State. Um, Michigan State got a Dre Butler from Liberty also, and uh, he played a little bit for him. Um, you see kind of a common theme on the where these guys are going. It's Michigan State, Indiana. Um, a lot of Indiana, yeah. Or probably about well, – Indiana, Indiana has like a whole new defense coming in, but when you're bad, you probably have to try that stuff. So, um Jordan Phillips from Tennessee to Maryland. I couldn't find anything on Jordan Phillips. If you got any noteworthy things on him there, Hollywood. No, I don't have a whole lot other than it was <laughs> not his turn. Yeah. So. Um, down there a little bit farther, we got uh, two more Texas A&M defensive linemen that were four-star recruits in 2021. Um, Marcus Burns is going to Indiana, and Elijah Judy is going to Nebraska. I'm very bit like Elijah Judy. They sound pretty excited about him. Um He's more of a D tackle. So, you know, I think someone to keep an eye on there. Um, if you gave up on him after his, uh, what, two seasons at AM, I guess. So, <laughs> um, the other Andre Carter that's not in the Army is going from Western Michigan to Indiana. I think he's like 25 years old. So, we'll see how he does. But he had a he pretty might, good He might end up being the better Andre Carter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of, he, he had a rough, uh, rough outing there. So, uh, Michigan got a good get when the Josiah Stewart from uh coastal Carolina, uh, he's played pretty well for him. It'd be interesting to see what he does up there. I'm going to get some better competition. Um, then really the last one for me was uh, MJ Sherman, and he was a four star in 2020, hadn't done anything for Georgia, uh, but Nebraska gets it. Maybe, uh, 
you know, they got, they got three different Georgia players in. I think they got a, a safety as well, too, from Georgia. And then they also got a, uh, you know, the superstar tight end that uh, has never done anything except for transfer. <laughs> Gilbert. So, yeah. So he's up there, too. But uh, Sherman, be, I'm kind of interested to see what he'll do. They need an edge guy. And if the new staff can uh, make something out of him, they don't, I think the cupboard's pretty bare there for somebody to step up. So um, then the, uh, all I got for the group of five, because A, not a lot went there. And I think some guys to watch are uh, Don L. Harris. Uh, a four, these guys are all four-star recruits, um, and then they transferred, right? So, well, Harris went to uh, University of Louisiana, Monroe. Um, you know, so he might uh, not have the NFL upside, but maybe if you need an edge and a flyer and a – C2C league, you could probably go for it, you know. Um, Travian Ford, I'm from Missouri. Uh, he was transferring to Toledo. He was another four-star recruit. Um, Chambray Jackson uh, went from Florida State to UMass. DJ Harvey from VTech to San Jose State as a defensive back. Kendall Dennis from Oklahoma to South Florida. Um, I just think that these guys all going down to, like, G5 schools from – you know, being four-star top recruits, you know, there's probably maybe something to look there, look at their production-wise and see if you get something cheap or just keep an eye on. So, I and think then, Harris is probably the most interesting one of the group, I think. Yeah, it's like it's uh, – a lot of them haven't even played or ever seen a football field since high school, I don't think. So. Definitely, guy, like you said, guys, the – guys to at least, like, put on your watch list or something to, to see if they – pop the first couple of weeks and then you know, maybe yeah. you get some uh, college production out of them at least. Yep. So two of the names that kind of popped out to me right away uh, for justice, he mentioned uh, Rondell Boythoid, right? Going from uh, Wake Forest to Oklahoma. Um I don't know that his situation is going to be really better for him. I mean, he was the lead dog, the star there for that defense. I think that's just a case of him wanting to go to somewhere to have a chance to win, right? Um, plus, with uh, a new head coach there, Venable, uh, uh, I think that's the appeal. Surprised to see him go a little bit because he's he's got 48 career games. And he's taken 30 and a half TFLs and 16 and a half sacks with him. So for Oklahoma, that's a huge pickup, right? Probably right. instantly him their best pass rusher, I would imagine. But his stats might not reflect, you know, as well at Oklahoma as they would as they would at Wake Forest, just because you know Oklahoma's gonna rotate a lot more guys. They have a lot more capable bodies than Wake Forest does. Right, and then the one that uh, that Chop had was Josiah Stewart, right, transferring from Coastal Carolina to Michigan. Um, a little bit of a drop off last year for him, a little bit. And well, their defense was, in general was just terrible. <laughs> right, and and I think when you if you're just looking at numbers, that's the thing that dropped was his pass rush numbers, right? Because everything else, for the most part, was right in line. Uh, it was just. His sacks dropped from 12 and a half. Um, 
I think going to Michigan, those numbers go back up, right? Because they still have some really good players up there that can produce. So um, any worries about him not increasing his – I mean, you know, trending back up with his numbers, or do you think – Well, it, he's going to be up against, like, maybe a better measuring stick of competition. So, yeah. I mean, who True. knows? I mean, he might not even – just because he was a name worthy at Coastal Carolina doesn't mean – he might not – you know, my name start at Michigan. <laughs> for, all, for all you know, I mean, you see every all the time the the kids that go from the group of five to the power five. You know, they got it's almost like they're a freshman again with the hit rate. You know, as far as who's going to do what. So, but he has to try it too. I mean, I get I get one hundred percent what Stewart's doing. So, so that's a, that's a good good question, a good segue to what I was kind of leaning at. So, if you're a Josiah Stewart owner, right? If you've got him on your Davy teams or whatever. You've seen the breakout season as a freshman off because maybe their defense wasn't as good. Now he transfers to a better school with better players around him, but as you pointed out, going to face better competition, right? What are you guys doing with him on your fantasy rosters? Is he somebody you're holding to see? Uh, do you think we've seen the best and maybe you're going to try to move on from him? Uh, is he somebody that you're thinking, okay, he had, a, he had a down year last year. Now's a good time to buy low. I mean, where are you all looking? I mean, I think you, I think you got to kind of hold him. I, th- I think you hold him unless, you know, like you got someone like Kyle that loves Michigan. Maybe you try to trade him to Kyle. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> but I, I think you got to hold him. Because well, there's no, there's no, you're not acquiring anything of value for him. Like, right. I mean, mo- I mean, just even just in a, even in like a, just your basic Debbie leagues, you can say, oh, you know, like, he's going to be in the NFL. You don't know. So, and plus it's kind of a, you know, depending on scoring system, it's a, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to play a position that's going to hit real heavy for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, Value, I guess you know. So I don't know. He's a holding. Yeah, I think I only have one share of him, and I think I did try to trade him to Kyle, but Kyle <laughs> wasn't interested. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, so, goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think you just hold him. Um. I think. Um. You know, another another one that like we talked about with Andre Carter. I think. Um. I think he's someone that can carry that production over for Indiana, you know, just from the simple fact that it's not like Indiana. I mean, you can see they, they brought in a ton of transfers, right, um, on the defensive side of the ball. So they don't have a ton of talent on that side. So, you know, maybe at the very least he's going to get opportunity, right? Whereas, like like you, know, like you said, maybe Josiah Stewart, Michigan has more talent, so they're going to rotate more. He's not going to see as many snaps. Um, whereas I think Andre Carter, you know, his snap count might re- – stay relatively the same just because of the lack of talent in Indiana. Yeah, and I mean, he put up some pretty good numbers for, for Western Michigan. Um, very, very comparable to what Boythroyd had. Now, completely two different competition levels. I get it, but yeah. 28 yeah. TFLs, 12 and a half sacks, five force fumbles, if you are very, very comparable um, and their size is not too far off either. I mean, um, 
Carter's 6'5", 263, so he's a, he's a big guy. So um, I kind of like him. And it, like as you said, I think that'll carry over to Indiana. I think that'll help them. And they need that, right? They, that's a big need for them. So the, the one thing I would say about Stewart and the Coastal Carolina games, and I didn't watch a lot last year. Um, obviously, I watched Old Dominion play them. And, like, they couldn't stop the run. Like, Old Dominion just freaking ran the ball all over them. And so, I, I, you know, I don't know their team stats, but my guess is if Old Dominion ran all over them, a lot of people ran all over them. And so, you know, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for the pass rush numbers for Stewart, you know? Yeah. Um, anything, anybody else stand out on? Either of our list that you guys want to talk about mention. Hmm. Chop is so enthused today. Um, <laughs> I said you're so enthused today. I'd like to see what Deuce Chestnut does in the SEC. Right, he's someone I think that um, NFL likes, and I think seeing him in the SEC is only gonna gonna help that. Right. Moving for over from the ACC. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. You know, moving from Texas A&M to LSU. I mean, athletically, you're not going to find a much better corner, uh, you know, than him. You know, that young, but clearly had some issues at Texas A&M, and you know, was suspended for the rest of the season. So, but he played five games as a true freshman, which. It's pretty impressive, right? Because not a lot yeah. of corners or not a lot of players, period, start as true freshmen. Or, or play at all, really, right? So to, to be that talented, that tells a lot about him. Exactly. Um, so that would be uh, – I think LSU, I mean, me and you both, you picked Chestnut and I picked Harris. I think those two corners, man, they're going to be uh, – if Brian Kelly and them hits, they're going to be two stars for that defense, I think. I think, you know, I think, yeah. And LSU was playing really good towards the end of the year, right, um, with Jaden Daniels. So be interesting to see if they can keep it rolling. I mean, it's 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 kind of prime for them to to them to step up, right? You got Alabama has to break in a new quarterback, new running back. Uh, Georgia's got you know the same thing, a new quarterback. Um, Georgia lost once again, lost a lot on defense. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe this is an opportunity for LSU to jump up there and represent the SEC. Right. I know we're a defensive podcast, but do we know who Alabama's going to be? Is it Milrose or whatever his name is? Or Milrose or Simpson? Simpson? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Simpson. I think. I think. I don't. I really don't know. Milrose is who they went to last year, you know, when Young was down. And so I, I think it, they, everything they say, it's a true competition heading into the spring. So I think Simpson's probably the better passer. Milrose a better runner, is I think. But well, we don't I like you. All we've seen with Simpson is his high school tape, right? I mean, he hasn't right. done anything since then. But yeah, Milrose or Milrose is uh, definitely more more of a, a dual threat. You would say. 
I mean, I think if uh, if Milrow wins the job, that's not so great for the Alabama wide receivers. But yeah, it definitely puts a or gives a hit to their value. I would imagine. And and I, and I don't think you can kind of like, you know with Tommy Reese coming there. I don't know that you can really say well he prefers a certain type of quarterback, right? I think. I mean, traditionally, you know, Notre Dame kind of had more of a you know, a pocket passer, but at least the beginning of last year before he got hurt, they had Tyler Buckner, right? Who's a very mobile quarterback. So well, I think hopefully he's going to mold his offense to the quarterback. Yeah. As I say, hopefully they're just smart enough that whatever's working, if you got a read option, dual threat guy, then that's how you build your offense. Right. So, but I think, you know, Alabama, what they, they, they have to, they had to, re, they had to uh, replace both the offensive and defensive coordinator. Right. And they didn't, they didn't really get their um, first choices, so to speak. So, yeah, probably doesn't matter. Saban's got it all put it out what he wants anyway. <laughs> he's um, just going to have him do whatever he wants to do. Well, I'm sure he does. I mean, he's. I mean, they've, they, there's very few schools that have more coaching turnover than Alabama from every year. So, no, you're right. He, they, it's kind of like, you know, guys go to Alabama to rehab their career. Yeah. Get a job somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and I save has been around long enough. Like they're all they're just implemented what he wants. So it'll be it'll be fine. You know, you think about uh facility and just thinking of talking about Alabama made me think of this, but I read somewhere talking about, you know, football facilities and um they said like Liberty. So, so I saw someone talked about Liberty and having some of the finest facilities, like in all of college football, which you know you would does you wouldn't think that they would, right? But I mean, they have a ton of money, so it makes sense to me that they do that. They would have awesome facilities, and I also know like when they were trying to get in, um, like they're trying to get into Conference USA or the Sun Belt the last couple of years, and those schools wanted nothing to do with Liberty, and and the that and the reason was because. They can't. The other schools can't compete with them in terms of the financial and the facilities. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Right. And we were talking about Alabama, made me think about the facilities at Liberty because thinking, well, wow, right? Like if the Liberty facilities are similar to Alabama, that's that's crazy, right? You wouldn't think that, right? Um, little switch to recruiting here. Uh, I'll, while y'all were talking about that, um, looking at the. 2024 class um, and we can touch on I wanted to touch on the top five according to on three there's but before I get to that um, the number one according to them the number one overall player in the 24 class is Dylan Rayola right um, what you thinking Chuck I mean they've got 47% USC 28% Nebraska as the leaders for him. Um, what's your thoughts on, on getting him to be a, a Husker? Um, I, I think he winds got up. a real I, chance? I think they they do. I mean, I don't think that, like, uh, if they didn't, I don't think he would be, like, lead him along as much as they have as far as, like, you know, he's got a he, – and they – since his uncle works there, they got, like uh, – he can go to visit family, yeah. you know, so Nebraska can technically get some free recruiting trips out of it. Um, but anyway, uh, 
I so I think they got a shot, but I think that you know Georgia is obviously in there. USC, I don't know. I mean, just the fact that that would give them like yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense unless he wants to sit. Yeah, I mean, because they got to. So yeah, I don't know if because uh, yeah. he'd have to sit was, at least a year unless he beat on Malachi Nelson. So. Yeah, he'd have to beat him out. Yeah, right away. Otherwise, he would sit a year and then transfer probably or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be, uh, and who knows, maybe Ohio state or somebody's still in the, uh, you know, still in the running too, or, you know, there's always potential of a silent, uh, possibility you don't hear about. So I don't know. It'd be cool if they did. I think it'd be a huge gift yeah. for the program if they could pull it off, but you know, it's, it's I, I'd say it's a long shot. I don't know if I was betting, I'd bet on Nebraska. That's who I'd that's who I'd bet money I on. I had bet, bet money today. I mean, I, I think I saw a graphic recently. Like he's got like five visits planned this spring, and two of them are to Nebraska. So two out of five. So I think it just makes the most sense. Yeah, the interesting oh. thing here on uh, right, the interesting here on on three, and I don't know if. Uh, Two twenty four seven sports has this or not? I haven't looked, but um, on three has a category now of NIL value, and his current NIL value is eight hundred and four thousand dollars. That's his current. Now I don't know how that's tallied up, how they come up with that number, but uh, just looking down through here, that's that that's more than double the next closest. Like I said, I, I don't they, know how they determine that number or come up with that value. I think they're just taking like some algorithm off of like social media followers, I believe. And <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I yeah, think that's, re- recruiting ratings and yeah, because it you know, and then so they just they're kind of saying you know just guessing. Oh yeah, this is what this guy could probably be worth. And um, I'm sure I, I would think that his nil will probably be ten times that by the time he gets to school. So. Yeah, he's gonna get that Nico money. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, so so let me go over here now that you say that before I do these five real quick. Um you mentioned Nico. Um Archman Manning, right? His NI point seven million. Dante Moore is eight hundred and sixty nine thousand and Nico is one point two million. Well, Raiola should be more than. And that's the three. All of them, besides maybe Manny and Manny, just because of his name. In my opinion. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe by the time the the season ends and they get to where they're actually going, right? Maybe that number goes way up. Yeah. I imagine once you declare where you want to go, uh, the deals will really start coming in, especially from like local places and stuff like that. But. Um, looking at the top five defensive players, and I'm again, I'm on three where I'm at. Um, their top defensive player, according to them, is KJ Bolden, a safety out of Buford County, Georgia. Um, they've got him number three overall. Um, he's actually moved up seven spots for them, he's a five star. Um, 27% to Georgia, 17% to Ohio State. Um, I don't know if y'all 
been looking at this year's um, class or not. Is he related to Bubba Bolden? Um, do not know. That's a good question. I'll try to look that up. Right, he was a defensive back for Miami, right? Maybe he still is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he was. I don't know if he transferred or not. I don't remember. Um, then they've got Williams Wanari, uh, a 6'6", 250 defensive lineman from Lee Summit North High School in Missouri. Um, he's overall, he failed five spots. And they've got him 77% to Oklahoma, 5% to Missouri as the leaders. Um, then they've got Colin Simmons. At number eight, 30 is an edge out of Duncanville High School in Texas. 44% to LSU, 24% to Texas. And then from there, they've got um, – sorry, my screen scrolled on me. Then they've got Edric Houston, 6'3", 255 edge, another one from Buford, Georgia. Um, and they've got him – 28% to Georgia, 15% to Clemson. So um, one that I really like who's moving up, and I've watched some of his tape, and I feel like last time I mentioned him or did, I think it was rankings we did for Sal, he's moved 52 spots in their rankings, and that's David Stone from Miami. Wow. G Academy, the defensive lineman, 283. Uh, yeah, he moved from 64 to 52. I mean, from 64 to 12 in their rankings, and they've got him 44% to Michigan State and 38% to Oklahoma. So, and then uh, the other one I would mention is Sammy Brown, right? The linebacker from Jefferson. Um, I think he's the best defensive player in the class. Um, but he's made a big jump too. He went from 42 to 13 overall, 6'2, 225, and and they have Clemson and Georgia is second with 21%. So just a little look at the uh, the recruiting going on for this cycle. Um, I'm sure there's camps and visits and all that stuff uh, going around. And then the season is really where your recruiting ranking jumps up. Um, so Bubba, Bubba's at Cleveland now. He's in, Cl- in Cleveland Browns and – I can't find anything that says he's related to KJ. So, we got drafted. Um, while I'm looking this up, um, spring games are right around the corner, right? Um, Most of them in April. Yeah, do spring games? Because I've never really dug into that part of it. But do uh, do spring games? You think have a lot of impact on recruiting um, for players? Yeah, it's another opportunity to get them on campus and get them exposure. Is it more like, like I said, I've never dug into that part of it. Is it more for the player itself or is it more for the team? Like, hey, you know, we can get Rayola in Nebraska, you know, at the spring game. Does that, which one is it helping more or does it help them both? I mean, I'm sure it helps them both, but. I think the answer is both, but. Well, well, I think, like, you know, a player like Raiola, right, you get him in, and, like, you know, that's going to attract other guys to want to come, too. So, 
So when you get that, when you can get those big name guys there, I think that helps. Kind of like the you. Nico effect, right? You got the big yeah. star quarterback. Uh, everything I could see, he is not related to Bubba Bolden that I can find. So. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything either. So, but yeah, um, just a little insight to the recruiting. Anything else y'all want to talk about? Uh, before Chop falls asleep and dies and falls out of his uh-huh. <laughs> I might. I hit a wall, I think. And... <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I, I can't. I don't think there's any, like, I can't think of any big news that's happened, at least on the college level, right? I mean, you you got some NFL draft stuff that's happened, but nothing Yeah. Nothing huge on the college quiet. that I can think of for, on the defensive side anyway. Yeah, it's been a little quiet. Um so next week we're going to look at doing we're going to stay in the transfer portal we're going to do linebackers and safeties we're staying with the same conferences correct yep yipper okay um so we'll be doing those uh we want to thank trophy smack and um um my fantasy league and um for being our sponsors, uh, Action 24-7. Um, go check them out if you like those stuff. Get something for your champions. Maybe if you like to gamble a little bit, check out Action. We'll be back next week with linebackers and safeties. Um, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, um, iHeartRadio, Podbean, wherever you listen, YouTube. Yes, go to our YouTube channel. Help us grow there because that's a big uh, that's a big pull for us. The more we can get that to grow, uh, the definitely the bigger that we can uh, we can grow and do some other things. Uh, um, at Chopin underscore KC, you can find Justice at Justice underscore twenty three eighteen. You can find me at Hollywood Titan, and you can find us at WIDP Grind on Twitter. Um, of course, you can find our stuff on idpnation.com. Uh, and then the Patreon, if you're really into Debbie stuff, that's where you need to go. Go check out the Patreon. Justice has done some stuff over there. Um, and we are putting the finishing touches on the rankings. Yep. That I'm working on. Justice helped me with that. Thanks, man. It looks great. Um, can't wait to drop those in the coming week. So go check that out. And with that, we are out. And we will be back next week. Next week. See ya.